just know a week from now, you'll be looking back and be like, I went through that. You just have to know that maybe you don't feel it so strong, you know, at a certain point, but us hockey wives or girlfriends, we have so much strength that we don't know we have to be able to pick up our lives and just go. You're listening to Breaking the Ice Podcast, a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players. My name's Devin Dodero. I'm the wife of Charlie Dodero. We have two dogs, a little boy Crosby, and a baby girl on the way. We spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here having a glass of wine, editing the podcast, recording my intro, just chilling on a game night in my apartment. Today is game one of round one of playoffs here in France. So it's that time of year where we'll either go home in the next two weeks or we'll go home in the next five weeks. So we shall see what happens. But the team that we are on has done really well this season. We've been in second place all season. So um, I think we will have a pretty good playoff run. So I'm excited to see what will happen. And I am saving all of my energy for round two and three where I will attempt to bring my kids to a game hopefully several games. I am kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I've only been to one game this hockey season. We came in late. I was super pregnant, didn't really have childcare, didn't feel like chasing my toddler super pregnant. And then I had a baby, then I was postpartum. So I feel really guilty and bad. I haven't been to a lot of games, Um, but as you know, I'm sure your moms can relate to this. Um, It's a little bit of a grind to keep your kid up, you know, three hours past their bedtime. (laughs) So, but playoffs are obviously important. And I know my husband wants us there and I want to be there. So we will definitely make that a priority as we get further along in playoffs, which I assume we will do. Intro is going to be short and sweet today. I am super excited to have my friend Tara on the podcast. Tara, actually, I was able to meet her in Nashville. She came to the retreat last year. She is so much fun. She is just such a good time. She's a girl's girl. Um, And she, we start off our conversation going back in time before she met her husband. She was actually a contestant on The Bachelor, which is hilarious knowing her now to think about her little bachelor debut. I had to go back and refresh my memory and rewatch um, the YouTube clips of her on the show. And you will have to listen to hear all about her experience. I asked her behind the scene questions that you'll want to hear the answers to. And then we fast forward to how and where she met her husband, a little bit about their journey. And we chat about 
um, where they spent their last season, which is actually in Russia, which was last season. And we talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in Russia, including the war, the whole Brittany Griner situation. We chat about what it was like playing in the KHL and some other funny stories within that, where they're at now. And we just have some fun girl talk. So enjoy this episode. It's like, oh God, I saw this, um, this post. It's like, I'm one of those people that will lay awake at two in the morning and be like, why did I say that yesterday to that person? Like, like I, I look back at my conversations. I'm like, oh my God. Like, oh, I why? do that too. Or like, I'll see someone from high school that I had like a drunken night with, like, not like, not in like that kind of way, but just like went to a party, like probably one of my drunkest nights of my life. And then I see them out at like Target and I'm like, thinking about that night like okay Devin you're like in your like you're 30 like you don't need to be thinking about like something that happened when you were like 16 years old like that person's still not thinking of that night but you like literally just like can't stop you can't get out of your head you're like they're judging you still it's burned in your memory forever and you'll never let it and they they probably don't care or don't remember you think you were just like the only drunk person it's like every other person was doing the same exact thing and they probably feel the same way when they run into people but like we were all just hammered let's just face it <laughs> yeah, just like my season premiere of you know season 19 of the bachelor where i was blackout wasted <laughs> and i was back and like why did i do that but everyone else was very wasted as well i just happened to be over the top just one notch <laughs> further yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god okay wait I'm so excited to talk about this because you, I only heard you talk about it like briefly at the retreat. So like, I'm excited to like dig because a couple people were like, need to hear about the bachelor tea. So we're going to, I don't know if there's anything you're not allowed to say, but I, I feel like even a couple bachelor podcasts that I used to listen to, it's like, they say stuff and like, they were like the leads and they like yeah. spill everything. So I don't know if there's anything you don't want me to ask, but tell me. So I, Oh, I mean, I don't know this. I was on eight years ago and, you know, you sign your life away and there's certain things they say, like, you can't talk about this or that. That was eight years ago. I have no idea. And, you know, I've listened to certain podcasts too. And people say things and I'm just like, screw it, whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm just going to have my mouth away. Um, Have you done a podcast before? No, I actually have not. So this (gasps) is my first, first one. You know, I'm I wish I was a podcast V card. Yes. I, uh, I, I was invited to do a couple podcasts before, you know, once I was off the bachelor, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like doing it at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming on with you, it's like, it feels so natural since, you know, we are friends and we have history. It's like, all right, let's do it. Like, yeah, let's do it. I don't even know how you met Steven. We're just gonna, we're just gonna start it off with a bang because we we're going to go like before Steven right? We're going to go, we're going to go back to the bachelor and then we're going to work our way up to where we're at now. Let's do it. Nice little timeline. Yes. Nice little timeline. So I now remember seeing you on the bachelor when we first started talking. I don't think I like connected the dots about that until like later, but then now I full blown remember and I want to hear about like the whole process. So like, how did you, I think you said your friend signed you up for it, right? I'm going to have to like dust off the cobwebs and <laughs> <laughs> reach back into these memories. 
Yeah. One of my friends really pushed me into uh, doing this whole uh, process. You got to bear with me since my brain is in the fog. Yeah. The whole, uh, you, you put in your resume, I guess. And uh, she was like, you have to do it. You have to do it. And then I get a call from one of the producers like, hi, this is Kate. I just want to make sure you're going to go to this casting call at this location. I was like, oh my God, I don't, I, I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, I, I just don't want to go. And she's like, please, like, I'll buy you drinks. Like, after, like, you, like I'm, I'm going to take you, I'm physically going to take you to this casting call. So the day comes and uh, I'm just like, not really in it. I think I had like jeans and a white t-shirt and flip-flops. And I show up to this casting call and these girls, thousands, are dressed to the nines. I mean, South Beach attire, stilettos, hair and makeup all done. And I'm like, I do not belong here. I mean, I stick out like such a sore thumb here. And I walk in and I mean, the line is just snaked around and all these girls. And uh, one of the producers just comes right up to me and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, my name's Tara. Some girl, Kate, told me, you know, she wanted me here. They're like, all right, let's go. Uh, they just took me right into an interview and they, you know, they're like, why are you not in a relationship and why do you want to be on the show? And I'm just like, honest to God, um, I'm just very independent. I think guys find me intimidating because I, you know, my, my main love is fishing, golfing. I'm very outdoorsy and I just, I don't know. I, that's what I said. And they're like, okay, well, fill this paperwork out. And then we started, you know, doing more of the process and yeah, um, my twin was actually supposed to come on with me. I have an identical twin. Her name is Chelsea. And um, she was sort of seeing someone at that time and she ended up backing out at the last minute. So we put together like uh, a video, you know, an introduction video uh, to the producers. And so my sister was involved with that. And they were like, yes, we want twins on the show. Like we have to get, you know, the twins. And if we broke it to them, like you're only getting one of us. And they're like, okay, whatever. Did you know that it was Chris that was the bachelor? We did not know who it was at the time. I think it was more towards the end of the interviewing process where they finally said like, all right, it's going to be Chris. And me, I grew up in a small town, you know, may our main things were hunting and fishing. And I was like, cool. Like, I feel like with this guy and I could vibe like this 100%. could be percent. That's probably yeah. why they, they saw you in the crowd. They're like this girl in the jeans and the white t-shirt. She's coming with us because she looks like she's from a small town. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, once, once I, we found out that it was Chris, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's get this going. And, um, before we actually go to LA, you, you go to LA before filming to do like this crazy process where, I mean, they do blood work, background checks, you have to do a personality, um, thing and you felt like 1200 questions. It is the wildest thing. I, and you can't leave your hotel room. It's like, it was crazy. And, and they do that personality test to pair you with like what producer can basically manipulate you the best. Maybe, or just to see how crazy you are. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's true. better. Yeah. How far can we take this girl on the show? <laughs> I guess I was crazy enough. So. <laughs> that was it. 
Sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? So you have oh, to no, do I... all this stuff and then. And then you fly back to wherever you live and then, you know, you get a call and you're like, all right, this is when you're going to be requested to be at this hotel and, you know, we're going to get things going. So all of us go into our hotels. Uh, you can't leave the hotel room. They come and get you when they do like your pictures with a quick, you know, description of your bio, which mine was wonderful. Um, I forgot what it said, but it's pretty embarrassing. I'll find the picture and we can discuss later. Um, and they just do kind of interviews of like, why are you in the search for love? Like blah, blah, blah. And then um, I'm kind of like speeding the process up because it, it would take five hours to explain everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the day comes that we actually are, you know, it's the season premiere. It's the the limo. <laughs> Night one. <laughs> well, I had picked out this beautiful black dress. I was so excited to wear it. And that day, you know, that morning before, one of the producers comes on and he's like, I think we're going to change your outfit. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, do you, you, you have cowboy boots, right? And I'm like, yeah. You got jean shorts? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, do you have a plaid shirt? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're going to go out of the limo wearing that. So I'm like, oh my God. Like all these girls are dressed to the nines in these beautiful gowns. And here I am looking like a hot mess with cowboy boots, plaid shirt, jumped out of the limo. Um, so when you see these like acts, I'm just gonna call them acts. But like these women coming out of the limos dressed in like blow up outfits or karaoke machines or in a party bus rather than a limo or in the back of a horse, you name it. Something yeah. that's normal, you know, not the usual limo entrance. Um, that's producer driven, you know, Just, like what? I, I always wondered, how did they coordinate this horse getting to this location, you know? Right. That's, that's the producer. So, but then you did, cause I was looking this up to refresh my memory. You did a second entrance and you changed and you came back. Yep. They took me to a, like a, to production room inside the, uh, the Basher uh, mansion and had me change, fixed up a hair and snuck me back into a limo for me to do a second limo entrance. So, you know, it's like, I, I would have never thought about that. I was a nervous wreck. Like, why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So after I did my second limo entrance, you know, all these girls start rolling in and you're just nervous trying to meet all these girls and remember names and the drinks are flowing. So I think if I remember correctly, is like the limo start coming around 7 p.m. And from that moment, you walk in and all you want is a cocktail because you have these nerves just going nuts. And yeah, the producers are right there. Have a cocktail. So no cocktails are consumed before the entrance, the grand entrance. Uh, yes, they 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 did provide some because we actually had limos uh, go up halfway up the driveway and then you kind of get out. And you do a final hair and makeup touch up right off the side of like this property. And they, they will have like, okay, take a shot. Like here, like you, do you need refreshment? You water, like you're about to go. This is your time. So yeah, you have the opportunity to have a little cocktail. And then once you get in, you start drinking. They do have food. Like the whole kitchen is laid out with like amazing food. 
but you're nervous. <laughs> and for me, when I'm nervous, I can't eat. And so I'm just throwing these down. So the limos start coming and they just don't stop. And um, really, you're just trying to meet these women and try and get some time with crystals. And you do have the opportunity to go up and talk to them on your own, but it's normally like uh, producer pushed, you know, they, they're like, okay, oh, did you see he took Nikki over here? Like, why don't you go talk to him now? Yeah. Like, they're like, encouraging. Like, they, they encourage the drama. That's, that's their job. Yeah. This excitement. It's funny that you say that you were so nervous because I, I wouldn't think that about you. Like, I feel like you would be really confident and like not nervous because you're such a girl's girl. And I feel like, I don't know. I just, it's funny that you say that. I guess we never really know like what people are feeling inside, but I guess it is nerve wracking because you know, you're being filmed, you know, like all eyes are on you when you're like getting out of the limo and like going in and like, there's always cameras around. So you're like, yeah, like you need a couple drinks. Like I don't blame you. Yeah. And for me, I sometimes, most of the time, I don't have a filter. I just say how I feel and what's on my mind. And that's fine in a normal, you know, day. But when you have a microphone and it's on national television, like once it's out of your mouth, it's out there forever. So I'm just like, oh, Tara, like keep your mouth shut. Like, please don't do anything embarrassing. And of course, what do I do? Get wasted, blocked out. (laughs) I mean... The night goes on and I just keep drinking and the filter's gone and I just start blabbing. So there are other girls there that, you know, are very drunk like me, if, you know, right up to that same level. But these, the, the first rose ceremony, like you can see it, it's daylight. These things last all through the night. It's not till seven, eight in the morning when you're actually doing this rose ceremony. So all these girls are exhausted and you'll see them just, you won't see them on TV. They don't show you, but some girls are just on the couch, like in and out of sleep. But for me, I was like a kid on Christmas morning on crack hanging from the ceiling, like (laughs) being an absolute nutcase. (laughs) So yeah, you just, I got, was delusional and said some great things. I think uh, my one thing I said was like, my three best friends are Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, and John Jameson, as I reach out the picture and take a swig of my whiskey, <laughs> and I look at the camera and I said, I'm a fucking train wreck. I'm my, not. I'm not a train wreck. My favorite part is where you go, where the fuck is you been? To like yeah. one of the girls. And I was like, remember I messaged you? I was like, did you say that to Chris? Or did he say oh, I was definitely <laughs> one of the girls. I couldn't tell you who at the time. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at Belch on national television and one of the girls is like oh you smell like whiskey and it's like well yeah I've been drinking Jack on the Rocks it's like oh my god it was Tara, uh, it could, how old were you when you went on the show I think I was about 25 26 okay so like this honestly could have happened to the best of us like like let's not pretend that we all haven't had these like crazy nights where we drink too much like especially when you're nervous mm-hmm yeah well, like for a big event like when it's like your birthday or like a holiday and you're like going out and going crazy like I'm sure any person would like over drink in a situation like this because of the nerves and you just want to like loosen up a little bit yeah and uh you know 
it's uh, in that situation, I feel like I didn't have a governor of like knowing when to stop. And then you have these producers are like, hey, take a shot with me. Take a shot with me. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And you want, to, you want to like impress the producers. So it's, uh, yeah, I just fell in under their spell and had myself a time. So we go through the rose ceremony. I barely remember the rose ceremony. I just remember being really cold, really hard to stand still. And it was a long process because Chris would call three or four girls and then stop, pause, go back into, you know, the back room, look at pictures and say, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one. Cause he's not going to remember 26 girls names. Right. That makes sense. I've always wondered that how there must be like a microphone in their ear or something because how the hell would they remember everyone? Yeah. So you think, you know, they, they do use that as him, like going by in the back room, like as being a dramatic thing. Like he has to think about things. No, no, he just, he maybe yeah, he has to go look at the names of who, you know, which girls he wants to give roses to. And, um, I do get a rose and, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is after the rose ceremony, we don't stay in the house. So say it's Friday night that we do the rose ceremony up to Saturday morning, you know, people think that we do stay at that house. We go straight back to the hotel and we sleep for the whole Saturday, like decompress me, you know, work on curing my hangover. And then we enter the house like 6 a.m. on Sunday. And that's when we start filming as the day after the rose ceremony. So there is a whole 24 hours that we're back at the hotel after that first road ceremony. But I had to like wake up in a hotel that next morning. Oh my gosh. And I had ordered room service, which was sitting in front of my hotel room door. I don't remember ordering French toast, gluten-free French toast. (laughs) Still ate it. Still ate it. But I had to call on the producers and be like, yo, did I get a rose or am I going home? Because I don't remember I had no recollection. Okay. So when you woke up the next morning, were you like having, cause like when you, you know, when you go out and you drink too much and then you're like overthinking your entire, like what we were talking about before we started recording, like just that, and that's the Sunday scaries. Like, did you have that times 500 knowing that you had cameras on you all night? Oh, I was hoping the bed would swallow me whole and that like I would disappear forever. I was just like, what did I do? what in the world and I can't so they take your phones away you can't like talk to anyone through it like what did I do like you know like something happens you took call your friend you're like okay I did this make me feel better about myself you couldn't even do that so I'm just sitting there in the room all day going what did I (laughs) could you see anyone like could you see the other girls and be like stop that sounds like my worst nightmare we couldn't oh it was it was uh don't remember too much of that day because you know you kind of push back those bad memories and that was it I mean I <laughs> so you lived it and then so then you, you have to kind of like relive it again because you have to rewatch it on national television which honestly in some good way at that time I feel like social media was not as big of a deal at that time that you recorded that so that's almost like to your benefit but like you had to relive that. And I'm sure you got like so many texts that people were watching and like, 
So did you feel like second anxiety again when it was aired? Did you watch it again? Oh, trust me. I had to like a week before the premiere, I had to inform my employers. I was like, all right, I just have to let you know, like I got blackout waste on national television. Please don't fire me. (laughs) And, you know, they, they just laughed it off and thank God you're like, good for you, Tara. Good for you. You know, it's like, what what do they say? Like bad publicity is still good publicity. And so my, yeah. my company was like, yeah, like people are going to, you know, dig in deeper. I'm like who you are and see who you work for. And like, kind of, that's awesome. So I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but yeah, no, the season premiere was, it was really hard to watch. I actually haven't watched it. The full season premiere since it came out until last month I came home and my uh my neighbors and I she had bought the episode and we sat and watched it and it was cringe worthy you still felt like that eight years later oh my god yeah just even hearing the sound of my voice like mm-hmm. on national I, just, I, I don't know why it just like just seeing myself in that state it, it is hard but going back and watching it when it first aired, I can't tell you how many people text me going like, oh my God, were you acting? Like, were you like acting drunk? You should have just rolled with it. Yeah, no, they made me act like that. <laughs> yeah, and I had to just say flat out, no, I I was shit canned. That was no acting. That was me, you know? And uh, I, I feel a little lucky because I didn't get too much pushback from it like people were kind of more like oh you know she's real she's raw like you know she's not sugarcoating anything but I wasn't I was just being who I was so when you were on the show like how times have changed to like going back to the whole social media thing obviously people now go on the show because they want to be influencers on social media like I feel like let's just be real like nine eighty five percent ninety percent of these so when you went on the show were you full blown? Because I feel like when I watched it back at that time, I truly believe that everyone was going on to like find love. You know what I mean? Like, did you feel like, okay, like this might be my person or were you like, cool, maybe I'll like this guy, but also like, maybe I'll get some opportunities from this. Uh, no to both. No to both. I mean, I, I'm just being honest. Like, no, I wasn't going to find love. You're getting to go on national television, live in a house with 25 other girls in, you know, Agora Hills, California, and go on possibly, you know, trips around the world. That's fair. I was going to say none of that. And yeah, everyone's like, uh, kind of asked me like, okay, now that we're on The Bachelor, like, what's your next step? Like, what are you going to do? And I, you know, I never had any intention to be like going off and to do you know, Instagram, whatever. I was like, I'm going back to my job that I had working at a tenant healthcare kind of business director for surgery centers, outpatient surgery centers, (laughs) nothing exciting. And I don't, uh, yeah, all these girls left their careers to go in in search of stardom. And like, this is my first step into big things. And it has done for a lot of past contestants and it's amazing for them, but that wasn't what I wanted. My, my, uh, employers put my, my 
job on hold for me until I came back, which I'm so thankful for. For no, so everyone was like, "What are you gonna do now?" I'm, I'm going back to my life. Like, yeah, <laughs> this great. Yeah, no. Um, I just I went back, so everyone was kind of shocked. But no, I wasn't really searching for that lifestyle. I can completely see why people would go on the show now because it's almost like you're you have a shoe in to make tons of money being an influencer on social media. Yes, you get the trips. Maybe you could be the next lead of the show or whatever. But then I feel like because social media has gotten so big as a viewer, now it's so hard to watch. I don't know if you find that, but like, it's just so cringe to me now because it's so predictable. And I'm like, they just need to like cut. It just needs to be done. I stopped watching. I honestly don't watch. I tried to watch the season premiere of this season. I can't even, it's, it's a, his name is Zach. Yeah. I'm not watching it. I I just like, I can't, it's too. Like, yeah. So it's, it's so choreographed now um, that I just, I, it's, I can't, I tried, but it's, it's definitely different from before. And, you know, they're trying to keep up with new things and new new tactics. And it's just too much for me. So I guess I'm not the only one feeling that way. Are you happy that you went on or do you wish that was like something that you didn't do? No, I'm definitely happy I did. You know, it was a great experience. I met a lot of amazing girls that I still talk to today. Um, You know, it's fun to look back on. Yeah. Not really looking forward to when Teddy is of age and figures out what his mom did. Can I, do I have your permission to share the clip on social media when this episode comes out? Of course. Yeah, you you have to. Yes, you have my full permission. Okay, good. Because this, it just, it gives everyone a visual of of exactly, you know. Authentic. Yes. Okay, so fast forward, you then meet your husband. How did you guys meet? Bumble. Bumble. So you messaged him first. I did. Yes. I mean, it's so long ago. I have to dust off my memory. Um, yeah, we just matched on Bumble. He was down playing for the Florida Panthers. And I, I'm i from Seattle, outside of Seattle, a small town called North Bend, Washington. I went to school at University of Miami, and I just never left South Florida. Because why would I go back to rainy Washington? So I just worked and lived in South Florida and we matched. Um, and the, the we started dating a couple months after we met and moved in at six months and he proposed at 10 months. Oh my <laughs> God, that is fast. Yeah. But well, yet we're on The Bachelor, which could have been a much shorter time. Yeah, exactly. so this is actually very long. This is yeah. a long. Okay, be. so you guys met and what year was this? I think this is this is 2016. And we were, he was with the Florida Panthers, but then he got traded up to the Rangers in November and New York Rangers. And I was like, have fun. I'll try and see you on the weekends, but I have my career here. You know, I have our place. I'm set. Like, I'll see you when I see you. And then he came home for the few days for Christmas break and proposed I'm like, yeah, obviously I said yes. And I was like, why did you just, why? And he didn't want to say it, but he thought it was a flight risk. 
he thought I was just going to leave him because he wasn't in Florida anymore. And I was just going to find someone better and keep my he life going. To, he wanted to lock you down. Yeah, the, pretty much. So he was traded and then you did some AHL time to back to NHL all over the place. And then yeah. somewhere within that timeline, you had your son. And that's where we were got pregnant, had our son in Boston. And then COVID hit. Teddy was a pre-COVID baby, so born in 2019. Uh, when COVID hit, he was about seven or eight months. Okay. And, um, I don't know why I always feel like he's older because he's like a big... He's like 60 pounds and five feet tall. Three-year-olds. He's not 60 pounds. Is he really? No. He's uh, 55. He's absolutely massive. You know, they had the bubble mm-hmm. going on. And Steven uh, opted out and didn't play. Um, my Teddy and I both have... Uh, heart defect called a bicuspid aortic valve very common it's one of the most common heart defects but you know with the effects of covid we didn't know what was going to happen since i was just it was just teddy and i at home if i were to get covid or teddy was going to be you know to get covid what would that look like for us and you know if steven's somewhere in a bubble and he can't get to us like he would never forgive himself so he opted out yeah then we did another season with the bruins and covid was still strong um and florida being florida was open you know we had things to do and boston was very much closed because of covid so we decided to have steven live up there by himself for the hockey season teddy and i stayed in florida and we would visit once a month mm-hmm. so that was really hard that was a true testament of uh <laughs> of relationships and dealing with long distance but after that steven um you know, he, we, he, I call him a bench warmer. You know, he was a seventh D eighth defenseman. Didn't get to see too many games. And he was just like, I want to call it quits in the NHL because he wants yeah. to play. And he's like, why not? Let's just do Russia. Or he was thinking why Germany. Not? He was doing like thinking Germany, Switzerland, blah, blah, blah. He's like, let's play two more years, do a money grab right off into the sunset. And I'm like, well, okay. What league pays the most? He's like, yeah, the, you know, KHL. I'm like, okay, why not entertain that idea? And so we talked to his agent and we signed over there in uh, Kazan. And I think that was one of the best decisions we've ever made at that point in our lives. Really? I was not expecting you to say that actually. No one does. You know, I was like, oh my God, how's Russia? And I have nothing but amazing things to say. It was, it was a dream getting to be on that other side of the world especially in Russia now, pre-war, even pre-war, you know, Americans weren't really, you can't get a visa to go. It's pretty closed off there, but to be able to go there when no one else really could was pretty amazing. The architecture, the food, the people are so nice. What do you want to know? It was just a dream. Well, okay. So what was it like during COVID though? Were things closed down or were people just going about life like normal? Well, we had a little spike over there. Well, the whole world did. Uh, It was pretty similar to the United States, um, but they have their own vaccines. They don't recognize Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson Johnson. They have, oh, they have what's called a Sputnik vaccine. So they have their own, their own vaccine. No one knows what's in it. Yeah, that's sounds you ha- you actually had to have your own uh to really when we had the spike uh they asked to show proof of vaccination to get places to the mall or whatnot you can go to the grocery store but that's it 
And I'm like, yeah, I've, I'm vaccinated. Here's my vaccine card. They're like, absolutely not. We don't recognize that. You have to get the Sputnik. I'm, I'm not getting a shot of something. <laughs> like it could be tiger blood. They're injecting into me for God's sakes. I have no idea. No one could say. And so we were pretty much back in a lockdown over there. Um, besides that, they did lift the restrictions and um, it was, it was, I feel like it was a little bit better than what the States was experiencing. I'm trying to think, was this, this was last this season. Was last, this was last season. Everything started happening with like the war. And then I remember there was a period of time where you were like really freaked out. Yeah. So um, where we were located in Russia is Kazan. Um, and we knew that they were most of January, their team was on the other side of Russia, the Asian side doing playing the games over there so they were going to be gone for at least three weeks and then they had the olympic break so i was like three four weeks of not being with steven being in russia i was like teddy and i are just going to fly home because after olympic break they have three home games and then it's playoffs and then they come home so it's like all right teddy and i are just going to pack our things and head back to florida so we did that january 1st and then uh, no war started steven gets selected to go play on the Olympic team for USA and had a killer time there. It was great. And then I think it was uh, two or three days after they came back from the Olympics, the war started. And that's when you're just like, oh shit. Yeah. What like, that's scary. Like that's, I don't know if this sounds really naive, but it just sounds like almost like behind our times. Like it's like, it's hard to even think of like a war because we grew up in the U S where it's like, you yeah. feel perfectly safe, but then you put yourself in a situation like this. And it's like, Holy shit. Like, this is like, this is serious. Like this is real. This is scary. Yeah. The uh, U S embassy was alerting all U S citizens in Russia to evacuate immediately. So we have our representatives telling Steven, get out now, get out now. But we have the team the owner saying you're fine you're fine just relax we'll take care of you and so we had very different things being told to us um but there was a couple times we had a a couple other imports on our team and they're canadian they you know steven and the imports would go out to dinner and try to go to a restaurant and be like hey can we get a table for four and the hostess would hear that they're speaking english she'd be like no we won't serve you just for them being English speakers, think that everyone's from the United States. And there was a couple times where they'd be out eating and, you know, a Russian would come and be like, where are you guys from? And Stephen would just say, I'm from Ontario. I'm, on, I'm from Ontario, Canada, saying he's Canadian because God forbid you show that you are American. Weren't they some Americans getting like captured? Well, Brittany Griner. So we had yeah. that whole situation. It's like, they could easily find he does a lot of cbd supplements so no thc in them but you know it's a big part of his daily routines his self-care help with injuries and he's like they could easily take that and say oh there's thc in this and i'm locked up you know what am i gonna I'm do sorry something? that situation as a person who occasionally likes to dabble with some thc yeah thank you it's not a big deal but over there, it's huge. And deal. the fact that she got thrown in a Russian prison and who, God knows what has happened to her. I'm sure some shit has happened to her in that prison. Oh, yeah. 
because she's like a public figure. And I feel like when you like in the U S if you were a public figure, it was like, you'd almost be like put in your own little space. So no one would hurt you. But I feel like in Russia it would be the complete opposite. Like, Oh, you're a public figure. Like you're going to be thrown to the wolves and like everyone has access to you. Only time will tell. I want to actually know that for sure. But like, I can only imagine because I mean, I'm glad you had a good experience in Russia and I know other people have as well hockey wise, but that's a different story. But when we're comparing hockey to like a Russian prison, like there's a huge, obviously a huge difference, but like, could you imagine being in a Russian prison? Well, that's why I was freaking out because at any moment, if he's trying to get back in the border, because they do travel a lot, you know, in and out of the Russian border, I'm like, he could definitely be captured. But I have to say, Brittany Griner, that wasn't her first season over playing in Russia. She's been over there. Don't quote me on this. One or two or more years. You know the laws. Yeah. You see, weed is absolutely forbidden in Russia. So you knew the law and you're sitting here traveling with hashish, whatever that is. What what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it is stupid. It is stupid to do that. Like, why risk it? Yeah. You just, you're, you're, you're being employed by, you know, Russia. You follow their rules. That's true. Just don't be an idiot. And she was an idiot. That's that. So that was like a big fear of mine was after the whole Brittany Grider thing happened. And then the war started. It's just like, they're looking for some. Yeah. Like there's no grace period. It's like, they don't, they don't care if you have never, you didn't know, like basically. Yeah. So we went, Teddy and I were in Florida while this is all happening and Stephen stuck over there during the war and he stuck it out till after playoffs. Um, they, our team lost in the first round. Thank God. <laughs> and <laughs> thank, you, they, God. Uh, thank God. And then all the imports, they all uh, got on a plane from Kazan to Istanbul and they were able to get out. And you best believe there were tears and alcohol being uh, experienced on that flight, just taking off out of Russia for them. It was very exciting because it was dicey. You know, we didn't know if they were going to let the Americans out. That's super scary. And I'm sure like people were bombarding you, like asking, is Stephen Pond? Like, you know, it's like people care and they want to ask about stuff, but sometimes it can be overwhelming because they don't realize like, there's probably like 10 to 20 other people like asking you the same questions, which can sometimes like stem up anxiety for yourself too. Cause you obviously don't know like the situation and like, you don't know what's happening and you're stressed and worried. So it just like brings up yeah. all those emotions. Yeah. It's a lot, you know, and hearing stories from our girl Maggie, when she was trying to leave, it took her a couple of times. She would go and try and check into the airport and they're like, we're not letting you fly. Yeah, you'll have to ask her about it. Okay, well, I was supposed to talk with her last week, but I had to reschedule. So, but we we're going to talk about the whole, this whole thing too. She, yeah, she went through some shit with that, trying to leave. But before any of this happened, the Brittany Griner or the war, Russia was an absolute dream. Absolute dream. The team took such amazing care of us. Uh, we had a... Uh, a driver who took us everywhere. We they gave us a car, as you know, all teams do, but we had a driver to take us. He was a translator for us. So I never really got to learn too much Russian because I didn't have to. Uh, you just huh? Tough language. 
Uh, yeah, they have like letters and numbers as, you know, the alphabet's 33 symbols long. Like, <laughs> they're just making up shit now. <laughs> God, I tried and I said, absolutely not. No. My brain hurt. Yeah. But uh, no, it was, it was amazing. I'm glad we did it. We actually uh, signed a contract um, for two more years. We were supposed to be over in Russia now, but with the war starting. Yeah. Uh, so we when just... we were in Nashville, I remember, I don't know if I can say this, but you were, you guys were thinking about signing back in the U S but you didn't know for sure. It was kind of like on the DL. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you wound up signing. Um, why am I blanking on Detroit? Detroit. Yeah. You re-signed in Detroit. So that was kind of like, obviously with everything going on, you just didn't feel really safe going back to Russia. Yeah. yeah. It was a decision that we both decided would be best for our family. Um, it was kind of hard to picture us back over here because when Steven was ending his career with the Bruins, like that was emotional, you know, as for any hockey player, you know, playing in the NHL thinking like this is, this will be my last NHL game I'll ever play. Yeah. And going through that emotion, that was hard for me seeing him, you know, he, he's been there his whole career and he's like leaving it. And, uh, but he still felt like he could play more. So having to say goodbye to, you know, AHL, NHL, going over to Russia, coming back and re-signing, I kind of was like, dude, we just went through all those emotions. Now we have to do that all over again whenever you decide to retire again. God. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, we signed our contract and don't quote me on this, but if we were to not go play, cause we already signed it, we would have to pay them a third of our contract, pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars because we don't want to play. And we were like, dude, there's a war going on. We can't go. And they're like, yeah, you can, and you will, but they have what's called an NHL out clause any player i think this is goes for you know other leagues in europe as well um if you've signed a contract in the khl you can the one way to you know to get out of it is if you sign an nhl contract so that's what steven did a two-way which still counts as a nhl contract so we were able to get out of that contract by just signing back in the united states oh thank god now we're back we're back we're We're back and better than ever happy to be here happy to be here so but, this yeah. year, it's been like a lot of ups and downs right like in the NHL back to the AHL because I've been seeing like you've been all over the place yeah yeah he's uh call up called you know sent down you know we're you know mainly been with the uh Grand Rapids Griffins the AHL so this is my first experience having a main season in the AHL and it is wild because you have guys getting sent down from the Red Wings you have guys being sent up from the ECHL team in Toledo, the Walleyes, mm-hmm. I think what they're called. The movement, like I had no idea. Because when you're in the NHL, you have that group. But yeah. in the HL, you have different teams coming in and out. I'll, I travel a lot to Florida. I'll go down for a couple of weeks and I come back up and it's a whole different team. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who are you? What <laughs> is going on? You just yeah. don't know where people are going. It's definitely a change of pace, but it's fun. Yeah. Like less pressure, probably. Yeah, it is. I I, I think so. 
And you, and you've been doing like a lot of traveling too. Like you're always doing something. Like, I'm like, how does she do this and not get um, tired? You know, this season I've done, I have traveled a lot. I think because when I was over in Russia, yeah, I couldn't do a lot. Yeah. Flying home. And now that I'm back in the States, it's like, oh, there's a wedding on March 11th. Oh, let me fly to that. I can do it. I'm kind of like that rebound effect of like not being able to do anything last season. Yeah. I'm going to do everything. Yeah. That's good though. That's like a good, that's kind of fun in a way. Cause you're like, you can actually do a lot of the stuff that you weren't able to do before. That's like, I think any person that lives overseas that has like FOMO about everything. It's like, when you go home for the summer, it's like you almost pack like too much stuff in because you're like, I can, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of doing that right now during the season because I couldn't do it last season. And I am just fortunate with Teddy being such a great traveler and it's easy. He's yeah. easy. To um, and it kind of breaks up the snowy, rainy season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would love to be in Florida yeah. right now. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, the season will be ending soon. Um, there's people who don't want the season to end and people who do. I'm definitely one of those people who do. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm, you ha- I'm not sure you- of it. When, uh, when's the season over over there? Um, So if we went to like game seven, like final round, it would be April 16th. But oh, that's good. yeah, it's well, we start way earlier. Yeah, right? you're starting so we- like... No, but like our season in Europe starts like August 1st, where yeah, in the US it starts in October. So that's why it's over so much earlier. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, especially just like having a baby like a couple months ago. It's like, I'm, I want to jet, you know, like some people are like, oh, are you going to like travel after the season? I'm like, no, like my, my travel is like going home and I'm terrified for the flight because it's just going to be probably a shit show. Um. <laughs> But once we get there, it'll be good. I like, I asked my parents because like, I don't know when exactly we'll go home, but I'm like, can you guys, cause they don't live in Idaho. They live in California. Yeah. So I'm like, I might need you guys to like go up to our house because it's right now it's an Airbnb. So it's like fully furnished. So like, if they go in, it's like the beds are made, like they don't have to do anything, but I'm like thinking of like coming back by ourselves and having to grind for like a week to get two kids over jet lag with no food, nothing in the house. I'm like, it would just be really nice if we could come home and like the fridge would be stocked and like we have food. Cause like, as you know, it completely changes the game once you have kids and you're doing those kinds of travel, because it's like, okay, not only am I coming home and I'm freaking debilitated, tired. Now I have to go to the groceries, like with a jet lagged, cranky toddler and baby, and you're tired as hell. It's just like, it's, it's a nightmare. And Oh, I'm one of those people. Like when I come home, I need my, my bed sheets, uh, like washed and flawless. Yeah. I need towels cleaned like the night before I get home. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's a difference to have your house lived in before you go back into it. What we changed this season is I actually have one of my best friends living in my house Oh. and it is, she's a Delta flight attendant no kids, single, just an absolute rock star of a human and girl, it, it makes the difference. Yeah. To have, you know, I, I'm like, all right, can you grab this from the grocery store? Can you do this? Can you, 
Um, but having someone living in your house and you come home and it just smells lived in, you know, like mm-hmm. the sheets are clean, your fridge is full. Like if you can get your parents to your house a couple days before you get home, do it. Cause it makes the difference. I know my dad's like, let me know when you know, I'm like, dad, I don't know. It's going to be like a week before and you're going to have to book a flight. Sorry, but it's going to be last minute. Have your bags packed and ready. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's like so many little things. Like our cars are in two different locations. We have to somehow get to our car. It's like my parents just have like, you know, it's just, yeah, we have like, we have renters in there till April 1st. Um, and then they leave, but I will say the nice part about having it as an Airbnb is like in the past before we didn't do that, nothing was set up. So we were coming home and like no sheets on mattresses, no towels. So we're like getting off the flight and like digging through our storage unit at like you know, late in the night, I'm like, I do not want to be doing this right now. So that's the nice part is that we can come home and just like go right to bed. Do it. it. The You you always get nervous about those flights coming back home, but you do great. You do it with such beauty and grace. You know what? You don't see, you're not on the flight with me, Tara. You don't know. (laughs) Well, what you portray is you, you do show us that yes, it's hard. I can't wait till my kids are like Teddy's age because I feel like then they can kind of entertain themselves a little bit more. But unfortunately I've been blessed with a child that does not like to sleep on the plane. So that makes it like 500 times more like, like I can just feel my shoulders just, you know, going up to like my ears. It's just like the worst. It's the beautiful lifestyle we live. I like to ask people this sometimes, but if you could give anyone advice, in the hockey world, whether they're brand new or they've been in the lifestyle for 10 years, what would you say? Oh God, I wish I would have known this question was coming and I would have thought about it. i to keep you on your toes. Take a lot of deep breaths and take each day, you know, as a new day, because you never know where you're going to be tomorrow. So when shit hits the fan, you get a trade, you get sent down, you get sent up. Take a deep breath and just do it. Everything will be fine. If you're in the thick of it and you think you're just drowning in so much to do, if there's a huge change where your husband goes or boyfriend goes, just know a week from now, you'll be looking back and be like, I went through that. You just have to know that maybe you don't feel so strong, you know, at a certain point, but us hockey wives or girlfriends, we have so much strength that we don't know we have to be able to pick up our lives and just go. So just know that if you don't feel that strong, you're strong. I think that's great advice. And I think it's so true. If you look back on like certain hard points in your life, like for me, something that stands out is like long distance. I feel like I've got so like worked up about stuff. I'm like, I wish I just like enjoyed that time more. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I just like where it was it like focused more on my friends at that time instead of being so worked up and trying to control this because it was like so new and so, so looking back now it's like such like a what do they say like a wrinkle in time is that the right yeah. use of words? Uh, a wrinkle in time maybe a r- <laughs> wrinkle I mean yeah for me it could be a wrinkle in time because we get a new wrinkle each <laughs> hockey season is it a no I think it's a wrinkle is it, it a I have no idea girl like I said I'm dealing with this little sinus infection so I feel like I can't be next to like sharp corners because if I tap my head on a corner my head's gonna explode hey, wait, a wrinkle in time is a movie so type in a ripple of time 
Am I just high on Sudafed? Oh no, this is, I'm right. You are? All right. right. Uses the image of a wrinkle to explain the idea, uh, some word, I don't know, making a connection between two faraway things in a way that bypasses the distance between them. Wow. Yep. You, you did it. Well, thank you for coming on, my friend. It was nice to chat with you. And if someone wants to follow along with your journey and see what you're up to, where can they check you out on Instagram? Yeah, mainly Instagram, just tara.l.camfer and just see all the crazy things I do. Just flying and fishing and golfing, living out hockey. (laughs) Lots of hockey games. (laughs) 